0: All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Justify Your Existence podcast. As always, uh, I'm Brendan Farrell, your host. Um, and with me, as always, is James Murphy. James, say hello.
1: Hey, guys, happy to be here.
0: Uh, James and I both write for the Daily Journal. You can see all of our coverage at djournal.com and follow us on social at djournal sports. Uh, let's see, today is uh, November 7th, it is Tuesday. Um, and yeah, so you can follow me at BeFarrell727. You can follow James at, what is it
1: again, James? J.S. Murphy Media. J.S. Murphy Media. I don't know why I thought something came after that.
0: Anyway, um, and then in addition to myself and James, we are joined today by Michael Katz, our Ole Miss reporter. Uh, Michael, how's it going?
2: It's good. I'm, uh, you know, it's, it's, I'm all for, uh, like I, I am currently in a race with my girlfriend of who is going to complete, complete the SEC stadium tour her first. Uh, she went to LSU and she has like a 15 year, year head start, Um, but I'm about to beat her. So uh, getting to Georgia this weekend is very big for me personally, because my goal uh, is to beat her to the SEC uh, championship, if you will. It's yeah. the little things for me, man. It's the end of the season. I think we're all tired, but this should be a good game. I'm excited to
0: check this one off the list. Yeah, and and if you're tired, it's a good thing that basketball and football aren't going on at the same time or anything. So,
2: yeah, no, not yeah, no, of course. And uh, you know what? If you told me baseball was starting too, I believe you because I feel like it's going to be here soon too.
0: Yeah, you just wait. I mean, you've already got like the fall scrimmages and stuff. So pretty much. Yeah uh, this
2: this this is this is chaos time. Um, It's going to get chaotic, even more chaotic because I'm teaching uh, in the spring. So this is like this is like my good warm up for what uh, the next six months are going to be like. But uh, hey, it's it, it, this is this is the fun stuff, right? It's good football. Uh, it's good conversations. Like I, I can't complain too much.
0: Yeah, um, and before we delve into this, uh, you can find all of Michael's coverage, um, obviously at the uh, D Journal website. But also, you can follow him on Twitter at Michael L Katz. Um, so, just to kind of preface all of this, uh, myself and Michael were uh, in Oxford covering that Ole Miss game, and then uh, James was, at, uh, was um, in Starkville for Mississippi State-Kentucky. We will get to that game in a bit, um, but, you know, since we have Michael here, um, you know, Michael, just overall, what were your impressions, takeaways, hot takes um, from this game?
2: I, you know, it's never a lack of something interesting happening in an Ole Miss game this year. Uh, a lot of interesting happen- things happened to them last year too. Uh, they just tended to lose those games. Uh, this year, they're kind of flying by the seat of their pants a little bit in, in some of these in, in in having these close games, but they're winning them, and they're. I, I hate to use the cliche, uh, resilient phrase, but uh the, these are games that Ole Miss would not have won last year and did not win last year uh, if it was close it probably went against them and and again another fourth quarter deficit uh Texas A&M they're really in, Ole, Ole Miss was really kind of in control of that game for a while and then uh A&M scored late and it was kind of like oh goodness are they going to let this one slip away and then Ole Miss just drove right down the field and then had to play defense again which is sometimes an adventure but uh, Forced him into a field goal that got blocked and uh this is just uh this is a, this is a gutsy team it's it's a, it's a talented team to be sure um but I think that that combination with the the resilience factor and just the the fact this team believes in itself and again I, I hate the cheesy uh the cheesy stuff like that but I, I do think that there is something to be said for that you know if you look at the pieces, they were really talented last year too, but it just didn't all fit together that nicely. Uh, it's all fitting together right now, and I, I, you know, does that mean they're gonna beat Georgia? I don't know. Georgia's really, really good, and uh, is also very, you know, they've got really good chemistry. You don't twin, win twenty six games in a row and uh, two national championships unless you've got something cooking. Uh, but you know, they're they're gonna give themselves a chance, and I think that um, it's really all you can ask for. They they keep I, I've you know after seeing last year I, I've a few times waited for the bottom to fall out and it hasn't and I don't think it's going to so it's uh, I, I give them a lot of credit for for fighting the way they have.
0: yeah I, I think um you know, the, the big thing for me heading into Georgia is that they were able to play that well offensively right like 500 yards against you know, Texas Am's defense is no small task.
2: Yeah, I mean if we're talking about talented groups, it's it's Alabama, it's AM, uh, and it's Georgia in terms of defensive talent that Olmus will see this year. Alabama didn't go great and they scored 10 points in that game. It was a little bit ugly. Uh do what they did against AM and really gashed them for a while. And Trey Harris looked like the best receiver in the SEC uh in, in last week's game with 213 yards. And uh it's crazy to think that he was a high school quarterback. He's only been playing receiver for a few years. He's come a really long way, but uh, they were able to kind of have their way. You don't score 38 points against that talent uh, unless you're doing something right offensively. Uh, I, 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 there's a part of me that that knows that Georgia is a little bit of a different beast because, and, and Lane has said this too, you know, great talent is wonderful, but uh, when you combine it with really good coaching, it's, it, it's, it's, it's even harder. Uh, there's no doubt that Georgia is really, really well coached. And so, uh, but that being said, the scheme works. Uh, the, the offense can is going to be able, it's going to have its chances. The question is, you know, is there going to be are they going to get behind early and be, be playing catch up? Uh, or are they going to be able to get a quick one and make Georgia play on its heels? Georgia has, uh, you know, they've been they've been really dominant over this run. Uh, they've got a young quarterback, and I know he's playing really, really well. What happens if he? is in a hole uh, are they going to be able to show the resilience and I know that they're going to always be in games there's no question but it's be interesting to see if Ole Miss can put Georgia kind of flip the script a little bit hey Georgia we're we're going to come out and try to punch you in the mouth uh what are you going to do about it
0: first off I would like to point out that uh Carson Beck is the pride and joy of not only my hometown of Jacksonville Florida but also my high school so there's that and um yeah, and if anyone knows me pretty well, I like delving into statistics and numbers. And um, I'm looking at gameonpaper.com, which is a lovely resource for you know this kind of stuff. And uh, against Texas A&M, Ole Miss finished uh, above the 90th percentile in EPA per play uh, success rate, yards per play, and um, EPA per drop back. Um, just overall, just a really, really solid day on, on the offensive front. And I feel like after what happened against Alabama, um, I feel like that's a lot more encouraging heading into Georgia.
2: No, for sure. I mean, you you want to be able to. and It was brought up this week, too, with Lane of how do you. When you are going against teams that are extremely talented and are probably you know i know if stars star rankings aren't everything but Georgia's going to win that fight most of the time in terms of uh recruiting class rankings how do you balance that in terms of how you build your roster and and lane brought up that you know they do things a little bit different offensively just in terms of their their pace and uh the way they attack defenses and the way that they call plays and so uh it didn't what did not work against Alabama, there's no question. Uh they they looked really, really bad in that game. But since then, uh it it's been pretty good for the most part. And again, to to put up the sort of yardage and and all that that they did against a very, very, very good and talented AM team. Uh it's you feel a lot better. Uh than you know, if the Alabama game had just happened and now you're playing Georgia, you're probably not feeling very good. Uh, but you just did that against a really a really good defense, so I got to imagine they're, they're 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 feeling confident.
0: Yeah, and if anything, um, my my general impression was that Ole Miss really should have run away with this game early on. Um, you know, if it wasn't for that field goal block right before halftime, I feel like this is a totally we're we're talking about a totally different um, thing, here. we're talking we're not talking about um, you know Jackson Dart leading a um, late. Um, game-winning drive we're talking about you know the rebels putting on cruise control in the second half um but i mean you talk about resilience you know to come back from that and just kind of keep plugging away at it offensively um i think the following drive was that jordan watkins disappearing act that (laughs) I, i i think you and i are both convinced was not necessarily legal
2: well, you know, uh, uh, intent to deceive is, is uh, I guess, a fluid uh, idea. It's, you know, maybe it's it's about the friends we made along the way, right? Uh, but, uh, it, you know what? If, you know, we, it's crazy because, like, we couldn't see what was happening down there. And then all of a sudden, Jordan Watkins is running with no one within, like, 15, 20 yards of him. And Twitter, Twitter detectives, God bless them, were on it. Telling us exactly what happened. It turns out they were probably right uh, in terms of uh, you know maybe uh, looking like you were going to get off the field and, and definitely not getting off the field. But uh, listen, I'm not saying they're going to be doing that sort of thing again against Georgia. I think that probably only works once a year. Uh, but you know it, they're going to have some tricks up their sleeves. Lane is is really really good at this, and so uh, it's I, I'm I'm really curious to see. Yeah, you have to play your your you have to play your game. Said Ole Miss wants to run the ball and they want to take deep shots down the field. That that's what they do. That's when they're at their best. And it's chunk plays after chunk plays with that with that good tempo. But you gotta imagine there's gonna be something really really interesting in there. Uh, maybe not uh, the the huddle Jordan Watkins play uh, on the sideline, but I imagine Lane and Charlie Weiss Jr. are, are, are going to have something. Uh, this this is the week they need to cook.
0: It certainly helps when you've got uh, Trey Harris out here making catches straight out of NFL Street too.
2: Yeah, it, it's well, the the catch. It's it was one of those games where like if his hand went up, you just assumed it was going to end up. It was it wasn't going to fall out and. Uh, even some of the ones that uh, he had that one in the end zone like maybe it was a two-point try or whatever it was in the back of the end zone that was just maybe his best catch that didn't count and it was just like uh, some days the velcro is just it's there and you're just feeling it and uh you know i, I know we, we talk about players getting to grooves you think about it with like quarterbacks finding their rhythm and and running backs getting stronger as a game goes on uh, or pass rushers just feeling you know feeling themselves knowing they're going to get the quarterback but I don't I don't see it a ton with receivers but the, the zone he was in if it was thrown at him he was going to catch it and it didn't matter if there were three guys around him if the ball was almost out of bounds there were some that looked like they were like intentionally thrown out of bounds that he was able to catch and a credit to dart and 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 Harris they've got a really good chemistry which is crazy considering this is their first year together but uh you know, it's not just him too. They've got three six hundred yard receivers. I think it's the only team in the FBS right now uh, that can that can say that. So, uh, I know Harris is the headliner, and Harris is 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 as good as it gets. And his numbers don't look like Malik Neighbors is. Uh, he 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 missed uh, you know, he missed some time with that the knee injury earlier in the year. But I don't think you can really tell me there's someone who's who's playing receiver better than, than Trey Harris uh, in the SEC right now.
0: Yeah, um, I I was really impressed with how dart played on saturday but i will say that um i I will preface this by saying that i'm a um, big washington commanders fan and we have a a go-to phrase of of um you know terry mclaurin's down there somewhere right and there are a few of those throws where darts like yep trey harris is down there somewhere or dane wade is down there somewhere
2: yeah, you know, he's he's done a, a – that was the problem last year was he, you know, he threw 11 interceptions I think it was last year. He had fumble issues. He was a little bit careless with the ball last year. And, yes, he will have that throw occasionally uh, where you're just like, man, that 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 wasn't the one. That was a predetermined, I'm going to throw it really, really far and give my guy a chance even if it's not probably in the best interest of things. Uh, but for the most part, he has he has toned that down a little bit. Uh, I do think that if, when he does take chances, he understands who he's taking chances to, uh, he knows that he can throw a different ball to Dayton Wade than he does to Trey Harris. Trey Harris throwing anywhere within like a 20 foot vicinity, apparently he's going to catch it. Uh, you know, Wade, obviously it's a little bit different Watkins, it's a little bit different. I think he understands his receivers a a lot better than he did last year. and, And he understands, uh, you know, not perfectly. Uh, but when is the right time to take that chance? And uh, I also think that he 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 has a lot of trust in what they do running the ball. And the crazy thing was on that last drive, they ran the ball a lot. It wasn't just Dart. I mean, it was it was Judkins eating up yards. It wasn't just, uh, hey Jackson, we're gonna put the game in your hands and you got to do this thing all by yourself. I think there's just a lot of trust in, in everything that they do right now. Uh, and I think Jackson is is really confident in, in the scheme and, and what they're calling.
0: Yeah, I don't have the game notes in front of me, but I forget if it was like Juggins, like first game at Ole Miss with three rushing touchdowns or a second. It wasn't many.
2: Yeah, he's I, I want to say it's I think it's his second. I'm trying to think what the first one was. It might have been, I don't know, Arkansas. He ran for like four thousand yards last year, uh, give or take. Uh, but you know he's got 12 touchdowns already. He had 16 last year, so he's 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 right on pace, and he's just uh you know he got off to a little bit of a, a slow start last year, but um or this year, but man, he's he's really come along uh, when they needed the most this
0: uh, you know this this time of year. James, I realize that you were probably on the road to Starkville as this game was wrapping up, but um, any general impressions from you?
1: Uh, from what I saw from the highlights, the offense was very very creative um they were I, other than the uh i guess is he subbing out is he not subbing out trick play that ended up in a touchdown you talk about all the things that happened that's a really good thing to be able to show um, because creative offense is going to win you a lot of games and a lot of important games so it's good to be able to show that not just against the texas a team but also right before georgia just to show people and really honestly show yourself that you're able to have that kind of creativity and that you're able to get big results out of it against very talented defenses, because that confidence can go a long way into games like Georgia. So a very, it, I was very impressed by that. Again, the defense made the plays it had to, what it needed to make them. And I'm not just talking about the blocked field goal that ended up winning the game, but just a lot of the plays just to make Max Johnson uncomfortable just to make sure that those key yards weren't gotten by the Aggies. A lot of times that's what you need to do, and they did that. And um, just a very impressive win. I'm I'm interested to see how they look against Georgia.
0: Look, sometimes football is a game of contrasts and blocked field goals. All right. But um, and then, Michael, you've got a uh, points of interest for you here. You've got another um, potential SEC dog matchup here this weekend.
2: Yeah no I've I've been thinking a lot about how I'm going to meet Uga. Uh, I don't get starstruck often but uh mascot dogs are, are probably that's the one that gets it. So mm-hmm. obviously it was Miss Rev uh, this past week A&M's the highest ranking official names campus if I'm not mistaken. Uh I spotted her immediately that was like the first thing I did. Obviously I'm always on juice watch. Um, because you know that's some someone has to has to be brave and, and do the the difficult job no one wants to do, and um, i I'll, I'll take I'll take one for the team. Um, but yeah, no, it's this is this is a big one, and you know you've got you got state's mascot coming up too. So this is you know for me this is this is I mean this is this is my holiday season. It's dog after dog right now. I don't I don't think ULM has one, uh, but maybe they'll bring one for me. I don't care what kind of dog it is, just bring one.
0: I think we are in the uh, dog days of the SEC season. So, Boo.
2: but yes, that was good. That was good.
0: You would not believe the urgency um, Michael had when he uh, saw the tweet from um, like the uh, Miss Rev Twitter account. And then immediately that like she was on campus and immediately he's like starts scanning the sidelines for, like, where's the dog? Where's the dog? where's the dog
1: please tell me he had a pair of binoculars on as he was looking for this rib
0: i think he might have had some help on on that i literally i literally yelled she's here
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh that's awesome um
0: but yeah what's what's the um what's the um early storyline from uh Ole miss media heading into georgia here
2: it's you know a, a lot of times coaches will underplay the uh we know we're underdogs storyline lane did not underplay it he literally came out because someone asked them uh you know where does this one rank in big in big games that you've uh coached in uh and, and he said you know when the texas uh national championship game the bama national championships like those were games that they were supposed to be in and that was gonna be you know it's a national championship game it's not supposed to be a blowout uh he said this is one that feels like you're kind of playing with house money. Uh, to an extent uh, because no one's expecting you to really win and even make it close and you're a double-digit dog Uh, and so you know just go in there and see what happens and I I thought it was a really interesting uh, way to talk about it and is that is that what they're talking about in the football facilities I I don't know it's hard for me to believe that they're saying oh yeah yeah you know we'll just go in there and you know we'll figure it out Uh, I do think they think they can win but it was really interesting to to play off the, uh, yeah, we, we know we're not supposed to be uh, competitive in this game. Let's let's see what happens. But uh, when you talk to players, it, it was it was very confident in that um, they feel like they can play with anybody and that they should, you know, they're no, they're not talking about the the CFP rankings and all that stuff. But I know that they they understand where they are in the grand scheme of things right now. Uh, and that they, they put themselves in a good position. So, uh, they're definitely not going to go in there scared. I think the thing is, if you, if you do fall behind early, does, do you have the guts to come back? Like you have all year in that sort of environment, because that's going to be different. Uh, you know, Georgia at night, I know Auburn was, was, was one too, but Georgia's a lot better uh, than Auburn. Um, are you going to be able to fight back if you need to uh, if you fall behind early or is is the moment going to get to you george has played in these games for the last 3 years right they've been they everybody's been trying to knock them off they've played how many top 10 top 5 games and they've won them all uh what happens if when, when in 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 when is in a top 10 matchup uh historically it hasn't gone great uh, they've they've lost a lot of these games in their history and I know that the LSE win this year, that was huge. maybe hasn't aged as well uh, as, as they would like. It's still a you know the signature win, but uh for, for Lane, but uh how, how how does you know this is a, a George's battle tested we know that. Uh, they know how to win these games and what what to do late. If Ole Miss, you know, yeah, they've been resilient this year this is a little bit different because you're playing against a team uh, that really knows what they're doing in, in these sorts of situations. So I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated to see uh, if they get behind early, does it all fall apart or are they going to, you know, make things interesting? I have a feeling if I know anything about this team that they're going to fight back. Uh, but, you know, we haven't seen them do it against a, a team quite like this. So, I think that's the biggest thing for me. We can look at the offensive numbers and the defensive numbers, and obviously those things are important. Uh, line play is, is huge, and George is always so good up front. Uh, but for me, it's I hate to use use like the uh, the eyeball sort of like gut check thing, but this really does strike me as a as a game where it's going to be determined more by like. You know all the metrics and all that stuff. For me, it's like: is, is Ole Miss going to have guts? The guts, if if they get down early or uh, if things aren't going their way early, are they going to be the team we've seen up to this point, or are they going to fall fall into what they did last year? I think there's uh, this this could go so many different ways, and I know there's the there's the blowout way, there's the they lose a close game, there's the win they win a close game. Well, uh, regardless of how it goes, uh, I think that I don't think style points is the right term, um, but I think that however this game goes, whatever the final score is, how they look and how they fight is, is going to be really important for, for how this team is, is uh, perceived nationally as the season ends. I think, um, you
0: know, Missouri kind of hanging in there against Georgia last week um, and, you know, kind of earlier close calls ish um, against Auburn and South Carolina Um, kind of has to give you some confidence that um, at the very least Ole Miss is going to give them a game.
2: It's one of those things where like it can be done and no one has quite done it yet, but teams have gotten really, really close. And again, it's Auburn. Auburn, I think that was like a 27-20 game. And again, it's not exactly the, uh, most prolific, uh, Auburn team in history. Uh, but that was close. Uh, the South Carolina game was was a weird one. That was that one almost got away from them. Missoula was a really, really close game, but there are also those games where people start to question whether uh, Georgia is as good as people think, and then they win by like 30 or 40, like the Kentucky game. Uh, I know there's some people, and I hate to bring up your Gators, but people were like, Hey, is, is Florida peaking at the right time? And, uh, they, narrator they did not peak at the right time uh you know it's it's georgia is one of those teams that if you start to question them they tend to show up i don't really think anybody's questioning them this week uh, because i think they've i think people i i I hope are learning uh better than than to count uh you know to 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 go against kirby smart what he's done last few years but um no teams have played them close and it's 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 been surprising and then uh, uh, when, when, when you start to count them out, that's when I think they're at their best. And I don't think that's where they are right now. So maybe that's a good thing for Ole Miss that everybody, nobody's. Let's be honest, people aren't really giving Ole Miss a chance. Uh, no one is saying those things. You know, when Kentucky came, when they played Kentucky, people were like, "Oh, well, this is a really good Kentucky team. Maybe they can." You know, they've they've got some quarterback play. They're, you know, maybe, maybe this is the maybe this is the team that can do it, and uh, they did not do it uh in any way shape or form and I, I feel like this is not one of those weeks where people are questioning georgia and maybe that's a good thing uh, you're not going to catch georgia off guard i don't think um but you certainly don't have them riled up right now and i think that's probably a good thing
0: well we also saw what happened uh, when old miss had some bulletin board material this week so
2: yeah, no that uh, that that did not age well, uh, and 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 it became social media posts, and uh, it, yeah, it's it, you know I, I'm I'm a I'm a firm believer uh, it's in your best interest to probably just not say anything sometimes, uh, but hey, you know A and M ended up uh, I'm not saying that's what made the difference in the game, uh, but it, it's you know freezing cold takes it, it did not age particularly well.
0: Yeah, um, and then one last note on um, I'll Miss, unless you have anything else, James. Okay, um, I'm, I'm going to force you into a score prediction here.
2: Okay, uh, I think I had 35-21 Georgia, um, and I think that it's going to be close early. Uh, I just think Georgia – you know, again, I hate the the cliche phrase. Sometimes it's not about the X's and O's. It's about the Jimmy's and the Joe's. I just, I think Georgia has too many dudes. Uh, and I think that in a, in a game on the road, uh, it's their senior night. Like there's so many reasons that Georgia should pull away. And I think ultimately they do, but um, I, I don't think they're going to run away with it. I think, you know, the two touchdown margin, I, it's one of those ones where I don't think it's, it, it really, if you watch the game, I don't think it's going to feel that way. But uh, I, I think a, a, the final margin is probably going to be around there. I think Georgia's going to score some points. It's not going to be easy, though. They're, they're not going to, uh, you know, put up the, the the video game numbers that they have at times. Uh, and I do think Ole Miss is going to get some touchdowns early. I, I just think that Georgia, um, they adjust really well. And they're so talented. That combined with being on the road, I think it's going to be tough. But uh, I think that the first half is is going to be – this is going to be a really close one at the half, I think.
0: Gotcha. Um, thanks, Michael, again, um, for coming on with us to talk some Ole Miss football. Um, and, again, like we mentioned earlier, it's kind of that busy time of the year where there's a little bit of everything going on with Ole Miss and Mississippi State and all that. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can find Michael on Twitter at Michael L Katz. Um, and as always you can find his work on our website anyway Um, yeah and then before we go um, let's spend a few minutes James you were in Starkville um, for a football game allegedly Um, yeah what were what were your impressions this weekend
1: well there was a lot of energy heading into the building they were honoring the 1998 SEC West champions they had the logo from that season in midfield. They did it. They honored the team before the game. There was a lot of energy in the building that night. The cowbell, the Cowbells were even louder than usual, and that's saying something. There was a lot of energy. Uh, Kentucky took a little bit out of it at first. They scored a touchdown on their first drive. But there were, I think, two drives that Mississippi State had that really took the energy out for good. Uh, they had their third drive of the game. They went on a 20-play, 88-yard drive that – got them inside Kentucky's 10-yard line, and scored three points, which you could do much worse, but you could also do way better. And then on their next drive, they get the ball. Mike Wright throws a pick six, and it's a touchdown. And it created a lead that even then was just felt insurmountable. And, you know, the offense had a pretty tough time getting going from there. And there wasn't, and I just didn't see Mike D'eroz as much going on until late in the third quarter. They take Mike right out and they put in Chris Parson, who I believe is a freshman. He I was working through something that kept him from being available in the last couple of weeks. Uh, Coach Zach Arnett was talking about that after the game, and um, but they gave him a they gave him a shot. And you know, Arnett did talk about how he gave a little bit more life to the offense uh he did have a 4.8 passing yards per attempt to Mike Kreitz 3.7 and essentially and the defense to me did look better it did make a couple of stops obviously if you adjust for points they gave up 17 not 24 and there were but there were also a lot of times where they got beat on stuff that they've been getting beat on all year and you would think they then you know there was frustration that they didn't adjust. Like there were a couple of there on Kentucky's first touchdown drive. There were two crossing routes where a guy was wide open and he got a first down. And that's certainly frustrating, but it did make improvements overall. There's uh, I I think the biggest thing for Mississippi state, obviously you're four, they're four and five right now. They've got about three more games to get two wins and it is not going to be an easy three games. Um, Even Southern miss could give them trouble. And there are and I think that a lot of people came away from that game with more questions than answers, because I think the biggest one is going to be a quarterback. Uh, Will Rogers uh, out with an injury. He says he is going to be back for at least the egg bowl, quote, even if my arm fell off, unquote. So we'll see what happens there. But in the meantime, they are between Mike Wright and Chris Parson, both of whom played and. um it's also possible Rodgers comes back this week and that just wipes the debate away. But you have that, which didn't look quite, that didn't look quite as obviously going to be a lot to answer with that. And, um, you know, they talked a lot about execution, you know, from all the the press conferences I've seen with coach Arnett, he keeps talking about uh, execution. We got to execute better. We got to execute better. And just from what I've seen, there's just a lot of times where they don't do it well enough and it just spirals out from there. You could see it in the last – you could see it on Saturday with the pick six and with a lot of moments where they had a chance for a big play and just didn't. I think Jet Johnson had a chance at his own pick six, but the ball just ricocheted off his hands and he couldn't quite hold on to it. A lot of that's the bounce, but, again, it's just like kind of things zig where they could have zagged kind of deal. Definitely – definitely – Definitely a lot of pressure over there. Definitely a lot of pressure to try and make that bowl game and on Zach Arnett to try and make sure it happens in his first full season.
0: Yeah. I'm looking at the athletic and uh, their recent, most recent bowl projections um, have Mississippi state making it as a five and seven team uh, playing Iowa state in the Liberty bowl. So.
1: Yeah. And I looked this up, Mississippi state has made a bowl game, I believe every season since 2010. So. My thing the, the, my thing, the way I look at it is this Mississippi State is is not not Bama, they're not Georgia, but there is a standard there to uphold. And when you're making bowl games this often, like that's the kind of standard you want to have. You want to be able to compete. You want to be able to, no matter who you're going up against in the SEC, you want to be able to give yourself a competitive 60 minutes. And my question is, if you do not make a bowl for the first time since, what, 2009, that's going to bring up a lot of questions regardless. of. And, and I know that. Zach Arnett took over under very unique and unfortunate circumstances. But that being said, if you have largely the same team that was very competitive last year and you're not able to finish with a bowl game, I, I wonder what the response will be from the school.
0: Yeah. And then uh, it certainly doesn't help that there's been plenty of um, good things happening in, in Oxford these days.
1: No, so. it's never great when your rival is on the upswing, when you're on the downswing, because it just creates even more pressure. All
0: right. Well, um, I think we're going to wrap things up here. Um, If you want more of our Ole Miss or Mississippi State coverage, um, check out our lineup of newsletters at djournal.com forward slash newsletters. Uh, And if you want to join the conversation with other fans, uh, please check out our Mississippi State sports discussion and uh, Ole Miss sports discussion groups on Facebook. Um, So, yeah, that's going to do it uh, for us here uh, with another episode of Uh, the Justify Your Existence podcast in the books. Um, Thanks for listening.
1: See you next time.